without further ado, I want Bashir and Elaine to take just a moment to introduce themselves um, uh, so you guys can all hear their voices and sort of see where they are. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Sound good? Awesome. <laughs> Bashir, why don't you, uh, let's do ladies first, Elaine. Bashir would want us to do ladies first too. <laughs> I wanted him to go first. Uh <laughs> So, hi everyone, I'm Elaine. It's nice to see some familiar faces, some people I haven't seen for a long time and a lot of new faces too. Um, for those of you who don't know, I used to be a student at Hirsch and um, I also taught there for a little while, so this is a really special community to me. I have since transitioned into being a writer more than being an actor, although I think I'll never let go of, like, why can't I be in it? Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about me, and I'm sure we'll, we'll go go deeper. as the Excellent. Uh, where are you from, Eileen? I'm from kind of all over. I was born in Singapore, grew up in Hong Kong and Taiwan, um, until I moved to Massachusetts. And went to school at Brown where I did not do anything other than like be in some musicals if I actually got into any of them. Um, nothing industry related and then and then I moved out here. Okay, what was your uh, major at Brown? Psychology and almost math. I was one credit away from double majoring when I was like, forget it. I can't, I can't yeah. do that. Oh, wow, amazing. Okay, rad, awesome. Uh, Bashir, Bashy Boo? I don't know why I'm calling you Bashir, Bashir. You're my bash. Uh, hey, boo. Damn. <coughs> Come on, Bashir, you're on mute. Okay. You know you right. how to get off. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. Um, hey. My name is Bashir Gabriel. Uh, I came here as a nurse um from Boca Raton, Florida and uh decided that um I wanted to create my own path so I started writing um and you know just like Elaine I hustled and then I got there and that's where I am now basically oh amazing I also feel like you're, there's so much there's so much there you guys giving, like, the trying, I, I, don't, I don't know how to like you know give the whole spiel but well, you, you came here as a nurse, but you went into nursing as a way to create sort of a side hustle? <laughs> Can I call <laughs> nursing a side hustle? Uh, well, actually, to, my story is, um, so I was, I was a model first in Miami, um, and I wanted to move to New York to go to Ford. And, uh, <laughs> I know. We, we all have a modeling background. Me, right? Bashir, um, yes. And my mother and I were watching this show on E! and they were showcasing these five models and actors in LA and Hollywood. And the one thing they all had in common was that they were broke. And my mom was like, uh, she's like, that can't be you. I need you to get some kind of degree where you can, you know, feed yourself and I don't have to worry and you can go on and pursue your dreams. So she's like, how about nursing school? And I had never thought about it at that point, but I was like, all right, fine. So I went to nursing school um, and when everybody was doing their projects on like diabetes or the heart attack, I started to put on these, these SNL kind of sketch comedy plays. And uh, that was like my first foray into writing and acting. And it didn't dawn on me what I wanted to do yet, but I started to kind of get the buzz. And I remember walking across stage and my dean was like, Jessica's gonna go out to do cardiothoracic medicine and Rebecca's gonna go and do obstetrics and Bashir, Bashir's going to Hollywood. 
and like the whole auditorium erupted and still it didn't kind of click that I wanted to do this. So I was working for a year in the ICU and I got this random phone call from this place called American Mobile. And they said, hey, you ever thought about going to, uh, to LA? So I said, no. And they're like, well, we have this thing where we can pay you 80 bucks an hour. You'll work three days uh, or three nights a week and you have the whole time to do what you want. So a week later, I moved to LA, I started acting um, and then got into writing and here I am. Gosh, amazing. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, so, so nursing was, you, you did a lot of nursing. You stayed in that job for quite a long time while it was supporting your ability to do other things. When did you stop nursing? I stopped, I stopped floor nursing about five years ago and moved into workers comp where I could work from home. Um, and it was a lot easier. It was less stress. Um, I wasn't so emotionally drained because I was working 12 hour shifts and writing in the middle of the night while uh, memorizing my sides. And sometimes I would use my patients to, uh, to run lines with. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was the best time in the world because I'd have these like 80 year old patients reading lines like, I'm going to kick your ass. And then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to use whatever you have at your You got to use whatever right? you I know, and it worked. I mean, because I, I got a lot of work. But um, yeah, so I worked, and then I I quit for good last August when I got on uh, raising Kane in the power spinoff. Okay, amaze balls. Um, really quickly, Elaine, um, with all of your smarts, what did you do as sort of a side gig? I worked as a tutor for a very, very, very long time. Um, I did all sorts of you know, homework help and stuff like that, but also SATs, ACTs, GMAT, LSAT, GRE, all, a lot of test prep. Um, <laughs> so, so that's why, the, like, the, the almost math at, at school <laughs> uh, helped support me, you know, and um, Bash didn't say this, but he and I made a pact to quit our jobs and pursue writing full time if we had not gotten jobs by a certain point. Um, and we both got our jobs before the pact was up and it was pretty amazing. So I also just stopped tutoring last year when, when I landed my gig on Gossip Girl. Wow. I, I, yeah, there's so many applause, uh, pieces of applause I can see because, um, for me, I'll tell you what I'm experiencing, feeling like, oh yeah, they're just like us. They're just like us um, uh, because it's not something that happens overnight. Uh, we're going to get into all the ways that you guys have hustled, but, um, but it's not that uh, once you get a sort of nibble, you can quit your job. You, you, it's sort of free flowing. I, I just love that. And the power of making a pact with each other. Wait, do you guys know each other because of SKS? Yeah. Yeah. You guys met in class. Uh, yeah. I, so. I don't even remember really now. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we met in class. I think so, yeah. I feel like at a certain point we were all in Monday or Wednesday together. I can't remember when or where, but um, uh, like what year it was. Um, Elaine and I go way the F back. Um, uh, so that's one of the things that has been, uh, side note, as, as I've been doing these Zooms and Instagram Lives, so many of my dearest, closest people in my life are because of the studio, people I've met in class and 
Um, that's kind of amazing. I really feel like you have to put yourself in a position to be around like-minded people, people who want to make a path to quit your day job and just focus on writing, uh, people who, people who see that in you. Um, I, I was going to say that's, that's honestly key is having your core group and your front row there to support you, um, through everything. I mean, Alex is on here. He has been there since, you know, the beginning and, and uh, it, it's really important to just have your core group of people who are positive, who continue to inspire you and to push you forward because, you know, not that I was ever going to quit, but there were definitely times where, you know, I was down on myself and I was hard and I'd get a call from Elaine or I'd get a call from you or I'd get a text from Kristen or Alex, you know, so it's important to have people that believe in you and are like-minded. And I think that like support your success. That's one thing that I found was so unique about the studio was that people could legitimately be happy for you if you booked something and you know they didn't and you did and you could still be happy you know and 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 i think it's okay to be jealous like to be like oh i want that too but also to be and i'm happy for you and that's that's like i think those are the type of people that i have stayed in touch with and and become better friends with because and because like bash was saying it helps push you when you see other people having success but not take you down you know yeah. because you're like that's my friend who's having success like i am happy for them and bashir is one of the hardest working people i've ever met like he puts me to shame and <laughs> so i'm always like okay if i just do like 50 percent of what bashir does i'm fine <laughs> you know so it's Great good story. to have other people around who yeah. can go like i'm gonna steal a little of your you know, your work ethic or your, your successful attitude or whatever it is, you know? Absolutely. When I had suggested to Elaine and Bash that we do this on Saturday, Elaine said, well, we already have a uh, call scheduled with each other at two o'clock. Um, I was like, of course you do. Of course. My, my former classmates who are writing for big network, amazing shows, of course they already have a call set for Saturday at two o'clock. Of course. Um, so how did you guys start writing? Uh, actually, it was something Stan said uh, a long time ago in class. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but he mentioned um, uh, an actor that was in class that had, that had transitioned into writing. And I had never really thought about it at that point, um, but it sparked something. And then five, maybe five and a half years ago, I got dropped by my agent. And at that point, I had booked eight jobs that year. I was on Dexter and Miami Medical. I shot a movie in New York for a month and a half. And I couldn't, find, I couldn't understand why he would drop me. It turns out that there was another actor who was similar to my look, and that actor didn't want competition, so I got dropped. So I realized that at that point, I was just this toothbrush that was easily replaceable, and I wanted more strength and more power. So I printed out the agent's headshot, stuck it on my, on my wall as ammo, and I read every Emmy award-winning script I could get my hands on for six months before I even opened Final Draft. Then I came up with an idea called Crime School, which is like a derivative of CSI New York, CSI and CSI Miami for like the younger generation. Uh, I wrote it, and again, um, you know, friends and, 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 and having people support you, it somehow got in the hands of John Wells, who did ER and Shameless. John Wells called me in the middle of pilot season and he said, look kid, I'm not gonna buy your script, but I wanted to see who this young writer is because your script was better than 90% of, of what I see. And he told me everything he loved about it and everything he didn't like about it. 
and that just added more fuel to the fire and I just kept going from there. Wow. I feel like we all need a moment just to let that settle in. Uh, right. Um, oh gosh, sorry. I need like another moment. Um, so who are these people? All of this amazing stuff, all of this amazing stuff happened um, as a result. The catalyst was getting dropped by your reps. Yeah. I have been dropped by reps. I feel like uh, maybe half the people on this call or more have been dropped by reps. It really is one of those things like, okay, what is your next step? You cannot right. control what has happened, but the next step is yours. Mm -hmm. um, here's the thing. I've never printed off those reps photos and use it as ammo. I'm taking that with me today. Thank you, Bashir. You should. You should. Um, uh, so had you, did you read any books before you started? How did you I, know? Yeah. You know, here's the thing about the beauty of, of an actor turning into a writer is whether you guys realize it or not, subconsciously, you already understand what's going on, you know, regarding a script and, and the act breaks or the act outs, or you're already better at writing dialogue. A lot of writers that are just strictly writers are terrible at dialogue because they don't understand how it flows in the mouth or how it feels to have, you know, these, these words come out. So I think being an actor and studying and analyzing all these scripts and scenes inherently made me a, a decent writer. I just didn't understand format yet. So it took me, like I said, six months to read a couple books and I can send them to everybody if they want to know what it is and to try to understand, um, you know, the format of how to write a proper script, um, when the act break should come, how tension should be created. Um, and that's really how I did it. But honestly, it was already there. I just didn't know it. Damn, that's worth the price of admission alone. I love that. And we would love you to like put in the, put in the chat, uh, all the books. Yeah, um, that's amazing. The power's already sort of within you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Elaine, when, when and how did you start writing? Um, first of all, just like thumbs up to everything Bashir said. I totally agree. Um, I, I, I remember people telling me to make my own content like a million years ago. You know, so <laughs> just, just a, like real talk so that people know how long I've been doing this because I always try to hide it, right? Like, oh, I just showed up last year and I'm already successful, you know? But yeah. the truth is that I moved here in 2004 and I didn't book anything for my first four years until I got like my very first co-star. And, and, and then it's in that time, like in the, you know, late like 2008-ish area that I, I think that's when people making stuff on YouTube was like getting big. Um, I think that's also because we were in class around the time when the writer's strike happened. Yep. Yes. Um, so there was this moment of like, okay, oh God, now we all have, the writer's strike happened at the same time that we were starting to get uh, videos on our camera and, and digital cameras, things like that. Uh, you feel so old just being like, when did that happen? Like, it's yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to do an anti-aging mask after this. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think there was like, there's, there, was, there was something in the air a, a, as well. So people were telling me that back then I never listened because I was like, I'm a, I'm an actor. I'm not a writer. I don't want to leave me alone. You know? but, um, during the ensuing years, I auditioned for the CBS diversity showcase 
five or six times. <laughs> um, and one of those times, I guess the last time or whatever, they took me as a writer. This was the first year that they had writers for some reason, um, as opposed to just the actors who were chosen would, would write the sketches. But this year they were having writers help write the sketches as well. And I was like, I'm not a writer. To this day, I still don't know why they actually took me. I feel like they felt bad for me, which I know doesn't usually happen in this town where someone's like, I feel bad, we'll, we'll help you, you know, but um, they did. And that was the beginning of writing for me where I wrote these sketch, like, you know, short sketches. None of them made them into the showcase. It was the worst time of my life. I felt it was horrible, <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's the same thing of like Vash's story getting dropped by his agent. Like it was the worst time in my life, but I was like, but I think I am actually like an okay writer, even though they hated all of this, maybe I could learn more. And so I, I took some sketch comedy classes at UCB because that still felt pretty manageable. Like uh, I can write like three to five pages. Like that's not too hard. And even when I was doing my sketches for the CBS showcase, I was writing in Microsoft Word. Like I didn't have final draft because I wasn't a writer, you know? And everyone else would turn in scripts that look like scripts. And I was like, how do you center it? Like I was trying to figure it out, you know? Um, and so, so I, that was the beginning. I made these like short sketches. I wrote them for a class. And then a few years later, I decided to produce some of them. I mean, so this was like a very long process of me finally coming to terms, like, I think I actually like doing this. Mm -hmm. And really it was from like not booking enough and things that I booked were, I mean, boring to be frank, you know, like I have a nurses and receptionist reel <laughs> because that's all I ever booked. And while I was like super grateful for the work, I wasn't fulfilled, you know, like in my soul. And so one of the things I thought I might do was like make these roles for myself. And so I came to writing from a very selfish place of like, I just want to work more. Like I'm bored. I need to do something. And yeah. so I started doing these little short films and sketches and stuff like that. Then Bash actually was the first actor turned writer who sent me his script to read because I had booked an episode of New Girl and he had written a spec episode and was like, what do you, do you think this compares to the real show? And I was like, I think it's better than the real show. I still have the email. <laughs> it's on my wall. Oh my God. Next so to it, that agent's picture. <laughs> next to that agent's picture. It was so amazing. Like, I was like, you wrote this? Like, it's so good. And that kind of cracked open another thing in my brain that was like, wait, I know someone who did it. Like, oh, I guess I can too, you know? And another friend and another friend, like other people who were writing, who I never thought were writers. And I saw, and I contacted this one girl who I met her at some class. I'm not sure if it was through SKS, but um, I was like, I saw that you posted, you placed in a writing competition. Like, can you tell me about that? And she was like, here are the writing competitions that I've done. And I was like, but how did you write your script? She was like, I don't know, I just wrote it. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> she was an actor and a stand-up comedian. And I read her script and I was like, it's pretty good. But at the same time, like none of these scripts felt out of reach for me. You know, yeah. like I wasn't like, oh, I'm never going to be able to write that. Like I watched Fleabag and I'm like, I'm never going to be able to write that. And that's okay. You know, but like 
some of people's scripts, I was like, these are really great, but I still think I might be able to. And so finally one day I like wrote a pilot, um, showed it to my close friends who I trusted their opinions, got some notes. And one of those notes was from a friend who also is now a professional writer. He wasn't at the time, but he is now. And he was like, I really think you need to totally redo this script. Like it's a good script, but it's not a pilot. It feels more like a middle of the season episode. Mm. And so I did a page one rewrite from that, you know, and that like people who are your friends who will give you honest feedback are the best, you know, because like, I don't need someone to blow smoke up my ass. I blow enough smoke up my own ass, you know, <laughs> like, so to have someone just be like, look, it's okay, but it's not great. And that was the first script that I entered into contest, the rewrite, you know, once I, once I took his advice. And that placed in the top 10 of the final draft big break competition, which has like 9,000 entries, you know, across the different categories. But I was like, oh, I think I did okay, <laughs> you know? And, um, and that, like, I hate to say that some outside validation helped give me confidence, but it did. You know, like I needed to know how I stacked up against other writers because this is such a subjective business that I was like, well, let's just like get an opinion and find out, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've actually struggled with giving friends feedback on their scripts because I'm so used to being handed whatever for an audition and be like, I will make this work. Um, how do you guys cultivate what you, sort of a, a, a judgment on scripts screenwriting how do you sort of how did you tap into that after sort of accepting years of not so wonderful scripts does that make sense to you or are you just judgy people I think there's two, two different things because as an actor yes you know I remember Stan always being like don't judge the script like right. you have to like you have to make it good right but as a writer that's the, the whole point of reading someone's script when they send it to you is like, what do you think? You know? Yeah. So it wasn't that difficult to transition because they're different missions. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. And especially like as an actor, I'm not giving notes to the writer, right? Like at least not, not in my position. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I just feel like anytime someone asks me to take my time to read and note a script, which is a lot of work actually, if you do it right, then they're going to get my honest opinion because I must care about them if I've agreed to do it because I won't do that. For very true. That's very true. Uh, I know when I'm giving notes, I usually start off with kind of like a warning, like, look, I'm going to give you five to maybe 10 pages. And if it doesn't, if it's not up to par as, you know, an executive would read it, I'm going to stop and send it back to you. And I've gotten that before from a couple of my mentors who were like, don't waste my time. You know what I mean? And it made me such a good writer. It made me a scared writer, honestly. And it made me really analyze um, scripts and script format to just to just to get it right. And um, and that, I mean that's how I give notes now. Amazing. Um, how did you find some of your mentors? Uh, the first one, actually, Elaine uh, introduced me to over over dinner. Um, she somehow talked me up because uh, I didn't say anything, and I didn't realize who he was at the time until I went home and Googled him, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And uh, and he read he read something that I that I that I wrote, and he said, "Dude, this is this is really good." Um, he's like, "You write it at a producer's level," and he's like, "Why don't you write something else? Let me you know, so I so I know it's not a fluke." 
So I turned something in a month later and, uh, and he was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna help you out. And then um, the second mentor I, I got, I actually got on set, I was doing a guest star on Criminal Minds and the, the writer who the show is based on was there. And I told him that I was uh, a writer as well. And he's like, oh, you're, you're an actor and a writer? And I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll read your stuff. So I gave him my script and he loved it. So he is now is in my back pocket. And then um, the other two mentors I got uh, is from writing on the show, Raising Canaan. And another one uh, I met just through my agent uh, giving him my work. Wow, that's amazing. But it's important to have those mentors because let me tell you, I really didn't get anywhere. I had won a bunch of contests and done this and done that, but I really didn't get anywhere until I got a mentor who could pick up the phone and say, hey, I got this kid named Bashir who's a good, who's a good writer. You should give him a chance. Oh, wow. And that was the mentor from my dinner party. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Friends luck out. Yep. Um, uh, that's amazing. Uh, Elaine, do you have uh, mentors? In the yeah, so one funny story. So the, the mentor from the dinner party actually is married to a friend who used to go to SKS. Um, oh. And so I have an annual birthday party that's very small. And um, I engineered for Bash and this guy to meet. Uh, <laughs> she did. She literally stuck us next to each other. Oh yeah. my God, what a wing woman. I love it. It was great. Well, the funny part is, so he's been my mentor as well. And he doesn't like my writing as much as he likes Bash. <laughs> And he was like, oh, I just, he was like, you're close, but you're not quite there. And like, he was like, Bash, I'm like getting you an agent. I'm, I'm going to like get you on a show. I was like, what the, you know, <laughs> but, but you know what? Like he pushed me so much. It was, all of his advice has always been spot on. You know, it's just, it's just like hard to be like, you don't like me as much, but I mean, he <laughs> doesn't like me. it's just a different, um, it's a different response, you know? Right. Um, and he's been so helpful. So in terms of other mentors though, like I am always one to ask people for help. And mm -hmm. if they don't respond, I might try one more time, like be professionally pushy. And then if not like, okay, whatever, they don't, they don't care. Um, but for the most part, I have found when I reach out to someone with um, a reasonable ask, which is not, will you read my script? Um, and it's, I reach out to you now and then to ask you for advice. Most people will say yes, you know? Um, could I take you to coffee one day? People are like, how about in three months? But you know what? If you follow up with them, they'll do it. And they'll always be busy first and they'll cancel and they'll cancel, but then they'll do it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, because I'm talking about working writers who are truly like at the top of their game, showrunners, stuff like that. And one way that I met a lot of these people was I belonged to a group of actors who had a weekly workshop where they would have EPs and showrunners and directors and whoever like come in and workshop their scripts. And so I would meet these people as an actor and then say, hey, I'm actually trying to be a writer. Can I reach out to you, you know? And they were super open to it. It's funny because, you know, you guys all know, like as an actor, a lot of people are like, don't talk to me. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Leave me alone, <laughs> you know? Right. Because I think the problem is there are too many actors who are like, just, just give me a job, you know? And they're like, I can't give you a job. I don't even know you, you know? Whereas writers are, there's less of us. <laughs> and also I think it's easier to figure out if a writer is good or bad, right? Like all you have to do, like Bash said, is read like five pages and you know right away. And so 
um, most people were pretty open to starting a conversation when I said I'm trying to trying to be a writer and then and then like I have one mentor he's so amazing he gave me some advice for a script and I and I followed it and I sent it to him and he was like you know you're one of like maybe three people who's ever listened to my advice and he was like and that's why I'm having this second coffee with you third coffee you know like we correspond by email he helped me when I had an interview for someone like he, he picked up the phone for me and was like, this girl's great. I didn't get the job, but he did that for me, you know? Wow. And so, um, to piggyback off of something Elaine just said, I, that list that I just sent everybody over the last five years, I've sent it to 427 people. Only one person has sent me a script back. It's crazy. I have, you know, people reach out to me all the time too and say like, can can you do this? Can you do that? La la la. And I'm like, here are the things that I would like you to do first to prove to me <laughs> that you actually like care about listening. Cause I'm not, I'm a busy person too. We're all busy people, but we also all have hearts and like want to help, but we want to help those who help themselves, you know? And so I'll say like, read this article, read this thing, watch my web series, <laughs> you know? And like, tell me some thoughts about it because like that, that, those are the things I care about and that I did and that you can learn from if you want to, and then we can continue, you know? Mm. And it's very rare that someone comes back and says, I did the things you asked me to do. Now yep. let's put a coffee, you know? Wow. Um, uh, where can we watch your web series, Doxed? Oh, yes. <laughs> so it's just doxed, D-O-X-X-E-D hyphen series.com. Uh, great. I'm going to put, uh, put that in the uh, thing. D-O-X-X-E-D dash. I mean, yes. Yeah. Series, S-E-R-I-E-S dot com. Yes. I can spell. I may not have almost majored in math, but uh, <laughs> I can spell and type. Um, Elaine, do you have any books or anything that you would add to Bashir's list? Yeah, I haven't been looking at the chat, but I can tell you, I can, when Bashir gives his next answer to something, I'll type up what I have <laughs> next to me. And okay. by the way, I also have something of Bashir's taped to my wall that says advice for, for writing from Bashir. And it's like nine, 10 steps of how to write a script. Like, He's, he's so smart. <laughs> you guys should teach. Um, uh, yeah. Um, wait, Elaine, I just want to ask one other thing. Bashir said that um, when he started writing, he was like, oh, my acting training um, helps me understand dialogue. Did you find the same thing? Absolutely. I mean, dialogue for me is easy. I, I'm sure it is for most actors who start writing. Um, but what he said too of just, a lot of times people will compliment my structure of a script and be like, wow, you're a new writer. I can't believe you can do this. And I'm like, I have read 1 million scripts. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, as an actor, we have, we've read it all. And here's, a, we've read the good and the bad, right? Mm -hmm. So like you, you have these examples of things that you're like, I don't want to write that. And, th and also things that you're like, well, I could, I could at least write that, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, yes. But so you just copy and figure out like yeah. how, to, how to structure a script. But I do think it's in me already. Cause I yeah. also didn't, I didn't read a ton of books or like do that much work before the first script. Yeah. Um, 
What yeah. we what we do at the beginning of um, every pilot season is start a Dropbox file of all the pilots that are currently casting, everything that's going out. Um, so even if actors, uh, let's say, you know, January 29th, actors are like, it's pilot season and I haven't had anything. You can be reading scripts. Um, if it Chris doesn't help. Would send me the, so would send me the, the, the scripts when I wasn't even in class because I, I, you know, I wanted stuff to read, so. I, I still get them from Tyler, who's on here right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler Wolf. Uh, yeah, I think it's so important to be in the know of these things. Um, I never sort of looked at it as like, it helps us when we write our own things, having read all these scripts. But, uh, but I guess it all feeds each other. Um, uh, so Bashir, what was the first thing you wrote that got produced or... Um, yes. Well, the first thing I wrote that got produced was um, the, the thing that I wrote for Stars, Raising Canaan, the power spinoff. Wow. And let me tell you, I, so Raising Canaan is the prequel to 50 Cent's character on the show Power. Uh, I co-wrote the script. I think it's, um, it's not 50, it's Fitty. Oh, right, right. Fitty. It's, it's Fitty you. Cent. Because um, he might I, be watching this later. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Um, and so I co-wrote it with the showrunner, which was an amazing adventure. And then I went to New York to produce it. And as an actor, you know, you walk on set, you got your trailer, you got your stand-in, you got your chair, and you know, you got your lines and you're good to go. I was not prepared for the level of work that it takes to produce a TV show. I was blown away. From the very first second I got, I touched down in, in New York, it was 12 to 15 hour days worth of prep. And it, it gave me such an understanding of, of what really happens behind TV that, that just blew my mind. Was that pre-production? That was, that was just pre-production, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So were you scouting locations? Scouting locations. I must have read the script with the department heads at least 20 times before we started filming. And each time we read it, it was about two hours worth of, of stuff. We, we broke down every scene, every character, every, everything they were wearing, hair, uh, graphics, every little detail we had to go through with a fine tooth comb. And being the writer, they look, they look to you for all the answers. Um, really? I, yeah, it gave me a new perspective on, on what it's really like. I mean, as actors, we just show up and we sit, you know, we sit pretty, but as writers and producers, it's a whole other ball game. Amazing. So wait, I feel like we jumped to all of a sudden writing for Fiddy's show, maybe. Uh, um, uh, what happened in the meantime? Uh, yeah. You mean before that? Yes, because I feel like we went from uh, writing some stuff, um, John Wells calls you, loves you up, uh -huh. um, uh, <laughs> Elaine hooks you up with the best uh, mentor in the world. Um, and, and so what, what happened in the years in between so after after i met john wells um like oh, you met him yeah met him, met him? i met him he actually cast me in my first my first thing too as a as an actor as a guest star shameless no uh no it's er yeah oh wow yeah 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 um so you know like elaine i applied to all the uh the the writing fellowships did not get into any um but you know uh I was a finalist in, in um, Final Draft and Austin Film Festival. And then I met Stacy, Stacy Hurst, who was also um, a Stan Kirsch student. And we started writing together and we sold a show to USA called Paroled, which was like the coolest and best experience ever because she was pregnant at the time. 
Um, so she walks into the USA Network with like a six month belly baby oh thing going on. And wait, we, can we pause for one sec? How did yeah. you even get a meeting with USA? Random. Uh, I was on Facebook and it was the new girl spec that I had sent Elaine. I just said, oh, I just uh, entered a contest for final draft. And, you know, I came in in the first round or something like that. And someone said, oh, Bash, I didn't know you were a writer. I thought you were just an actor. I said, no, I write. And he's like, well, can I, can I read it? So I was like, sure. So I sent it to him. And he's like, look, man, I got this, this deal where I can pitch to any of the major networks for a year. Um, my deal is almost up. I've pitched 30 times and I've struck out every single time. Do you have anything that I could pitch? So the first thing I pitched was crime school. Um, that didn't get picked up, but it got really close. And I have to say also being an actor makes you the best pitch man in the world. Like, you know, when we go to these execs and we're pitching our shows, we have that energy, we have that yeah. vibrance, like we know how to bring it. And when, when a, a normal writer comes in, they're, you know, they're, they're nerds about it. Um, so we have that, we have that talent. So anyway, um, I met Stacy at uh, Stan Kerr Studios um, and then we hooked up and then our pitch was his last pitch for his deal at USA and they, they bought the show the next day. Holy cow. Um, okay, I want to know everything about that. Uh, did, it, did it get made, first of all? It did not get made. Uh, unfortunately, because when we, when we sold it, Mr. Robot had won all these Emmys and the whole format for USA changed. They wanted yes. darker stuff. And it used stuff. to be USA, characters welcome. Yes. Exactly, which is, which is what our show was. Um, and you know, it's fine. It got me a WGA, got me a lot of street cred. I got to understand the process of writing, um, you know, with a network. Cause I, I, I didn't know anything, you know, I thought once you sold a pitch, you got all the money and it does not work like that. Uh, Wait, it doesn't? Oh it no. It doesn't work like that. First of all, it takes about a month or longer for your deal to go through. And I literally was sweating the entire time. I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way they're going to give us this kind of money because it was a lot of money. And uh, once we got the deal, there's steps to it. You know, you have to turn in an outline, then you have to turn in a, a second outline, you have to turn in a first draft and a second draft and a third draft, and then you get all your money. So, um, I mean, it was, it was an amazing experience. Wow, that is so freaking great. Did that open doors then? So it got you into the WGA. Right, and it didn't open any doors. I thought, oh, I sold a show. I'm going to be all over the place. Absolutely not. Uh, Gersh turned me down. CAA turned me down. Um, every, everybody turned me down to, uh, you know, to represent. I thought as, you know, selling a show that, give, that gets you somewhere, and it, it absolutely does not. Um, you need to be on staff somewhere or you need to have somebody in your back pocket. So I ended up signing with Buckwald and um, they still really didn't do anything for me. Everything that I've gotten this thus far has been through my own hustle. Mm -hmm. That kind of mirrors though, you know, you getting dropped by your reps years back and going, okay, we keep moving. You sell a show to USA and it doesn't open any doors. Okay, we keep moving. Yep. I really feel like we're, um, uh, learning right now in, in wherever we are in the process, the steps that will keep us going uh, for longevity in this business. That's exactly what it is. You just have to bear down. It has to be your end all be all. In my head, if you really want to pursue, uh, you know, acting or writing, it has to be it. That's just it. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to want to do because I've been here now 12 years. All the people that I started off with are gone. Um, and it's not because 
you know, I'm the best actor in the world or the best writer in the world. It's just because I'm the only one who stuck it out. Damn. Damn, son. Um, so wait, how did you, I want to still loop us back to how long between USA buying your show and you getting on to... Uh, Raising Canaan? Yes. Uh, three years. Three years. Okay. What was going on in those three years? I wrote nonstop. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, and I'm thankful. Can I interrupt and just say, you know the part in Hamilton where it's like, he wrote his way out, like he just kept writing, the man was nonstop, like that's Bashir. That's Bashir. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was gonna get somewhere, I just didn't know how or when. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just had faith. And it's crazy because when I, the first writer I talked to, he said, um, you know, you have to turn in a script in like two or three days. So I had that fear in the back of my mind that I had to be this, this laser focused, ridiculously fast writer. And it turns out that that's actually not the case. So when, so when I got on a show and my showrunner was like, okay, Bash, I need you to do an outline for the script. And I turned in 12 pages the next day. He was like, what? Like, what are you smoking? And he said, uh, he's like, actually, you can turn this in in like seven to, to 14 days. Um, but I'm thankful for that because, uh, you know, it, 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 I built a work ethic and a speed. And now that I'm in it and I'm represented, all the producers now are, are seeing it. And they're like, oh, okay, this kid can turn out pages like nobody's business. So, Wow, because you held yourself to that standard. Cool. Absolutely. Um, what are you smoking? <laughs> positivity positivity and inspiration i love that amazing um okay and then really quickly raising canaan did your full episode get produced no we stopped halfway through because covid um and we got sent home but uh i got to be on set uh i got to give uh mario van peoples i don't know if you know who he is um yes, he, he was directing my episode and he is the coolest guy in the world. And I learned so much from him. And I mean, I gotta tell you, being on set and having that power and the director looking at you and saying, hey, is that, is that kind of what you need? And you being like, yes or no. I mean, it's the coolest thing. And every you walk in, everybody knows your name. Hi, Mr. Gabrielle, can I do this for you? Can I do, they're handing me stuff to sign. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll take it. <laughs> That's amazing. So, and I'm, I know that your episode will be, you know, completed once COVID-19 yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff is, is over, but I'm, I don't even know if I need to ask this question, but what have you been doing in your downtime since being back from New York? Uh, well, I got signed by Gersh, which is amazing. Um, I want to knock something over. That's amazeballs. And I, I, you know, it's, this is what I love about this town and being positive and keeping this mindset of, you know, things can happen. I was at a wedding and I was sitting next to this woman and she was asking me questions about my life and, and what I write. And I pitched her the show that I had just finished. That woman was the wife of the head of the TV lit department at Gersh, who then went home, told her husband that, Hey, I met this kid at this wedding who uh, is a great writer and a great person. You need to meet him. And that's, got, that's how I got signed. Um, which is, which is crazy. And I got my manager because a friend of mine went out on a date with him and said, Hey, uh, my friend Bash is a writer. Why don't you meet him? So, <laughs> so just having people to support you like that 
is 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 worth everything but ever since covid started um thanks to gersh and the cartel i've had a million zoom meetings and i'm still just writing and i'm developing a couple projects with a couple of production companies so I'm that's amazing that. um i have to say it's amazing that like people are connected but you were not afraid to talk about what you are up to you know at the wedding um yeah. dewan johnson who did one of these for us recently he said you cannot be be a success and be a secret Right. You cannot be a secret and be a success. You have to be willing to say, I, I, I do this and I'm passionate about it. Um, and, and, and that will spread like wildfire. Absolutely. Amazing bash. Um, okay. Elaine. So, uh, you had, you, so docs, tell us a little bit about docs. Sure. So, um, one of the things that I did for my short film stuff that I was doing was I entered a contest through the New Filmmakers LA called the On Location Project. And it was about, um, you had to do a two to five minute video about Los Angeles in order, like that, that's what the contest was about. But it, you could do anything you wanted. It just had to feature Los Angeles in like a positive light because it was sponsored by the city and councilmen and whoever <laughs> and um and we won um because i had watched a bunch of previous winners and also entrants and and it was similar to like writing a script where i was like i'm pretty sure i can do that <laughs> you know and so we won and the prize package was worth sixty thousand dollars um and <laughs> what the head of the new filmmakers told me was that there are too many people who don't ever use the prize package because they don't know what to do with it. And um, it, 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 many of the pieces of the package expire in a year. So you have to like be willing to, to use it quickly. Um, so again, another like bit of serendipity, Bashir had asked me to direct his web series and for various reasons that ended up not going, but I was like, oh, I was about to do this anyways for someone else, you know, like, I think I can do it for me. <laughs> and um, so I wrote this series about something that I had been thinking about for a long time, but hadn't really done anything with. And I actually wanted my friend to star in it and she didn't want to. And and she's white and it's about race. And then I was like, oh, I think it's actually much more interesting if I'm in it as an Asian person, because it, it's about, you know, all the craziness that happens online yeah. um, when people talk about race or make racist jokes. So basically, basic conceit is that this Asian American woman um, makes a racist joke online that goes viral. And then she gets doxxed, which is the term when you're private information is put out publicly in order to shame you on the internet. We just saw this like- Amy Cooper, right? Yeah, and Melody Cooper, who is the sister of the guy who is the birder. They're both last names are Cooper, so I know it's confusing, but Melody is a friend of mine. And so she texted me right away and was like, I'm living in Doxed right now. <laughs> like, oh my God. So anyways, um, so it was through like, the web series with Bashir fell through. My friend didn't want to start my thing. Like I felt sad, like, you know, and then, and so it's, this seems to be a theme of what we've been talking about is like setbacks lead to further progress, right? And so I made this thing and it was, I was like, you know what? I'm putting all my money in it. I, um, and 
I will say, just so there are no illusions of other people, like what other people are thinking, I asked my parents for a bunch of money. I am very lucky enough to have parents who are willing to do it and had the money to do it. I put some of my own money into it, and then we had that $60,000 price package as well. So it, it costs a lot of money to do something at a high level, which is what I wanted to do, because I had done a lot of cheap stuff, cheap stuff, cheap stuff, and I was ready to do something bigger. And um, uh, I called in a bunch of favors, you know, we got some like kind of famous people in it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is my calling card. And I, uh, I mean, it's done very well. We won some high, you know, big name film festivals, stuff like that. We just won a Telly Award, which I always think of as like the little sad sister to the Emmys. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it is also like a very prestigious award. And so, um, but I'll tell you what nothing came from doxed nothing and it what came from it though was my stick my like sticking to this project like my putting everything into it like like i lived and breathed writing directing editing for a full year of my life and it made me feel like a professional uh -huh. um and so what happened to me my little like you know, the rest of my origin story is I got into the HBO Writers Program after several failures of different programs and things, you know. Um, I hired a consultant because I was like, I think my writing is out of place and I'm ready to invest money in myself to figure out, like, what can I do better? How can I get into one of these programs? And she really helped me and I got in, you know. And by the way, she wrote one of the books that's on the list, Carol Kirshner, that I put oh, in the wow. Um, and so I got into the HBO writers program through that, my manager. So again, speaking of just like random coincidences and like how so many great things happen to bash just from like sitting next to a person, you know, that type of thing. My manager came about cause I was an extra in a movie like 10 years ago that he starred in. He was an actor who turned into a manager and he convinced me to let him rep me, even though I had managers who were fantastic they were getting me out all the time and I had this meeting with him where I was just like I think you're the one like you're, you're I'm meant to go with you I just knew it was right even though it was very scary my auditions plummeted it was like frightening terrible but he was one of the main people who was like I think you can be a writer you know so anyways he contacted Paradigm which is one of the top five agencies for writers and he contacted like the head of the TV lit department and was like, my client just got into the HBO writers program. You should read the script. And her assistant read it and was like, I like it. And then showed the head and she liked it. And then done. Like then I'm signed with this like major agency. Right. And I was like, Hey, docs is about to premiere like next week. We're we have this huge premiere party and will you watch it? Will you come? They watched it. They fucking hated it. Hated it. My life's work. They were like, mm -mm, don't show this to anyone. They said, don't show this to anyone. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> and I'm like, told me. Oh my God. Like, so, and we had the premiere one week away. Like I was like, I've already put all this money into having a big premiere. Like we're going to have it. Everyone's invited. Now, many, many people love docs. They did not though, you know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, but they were the ones who, I mean, once I signed with them, like I have to say as an actor, I've never had an amazing 
um, high level agent. I've had good people representing me, but no one with the clout of what I have at Paradigm. Mm. Paradigm just goes, you got a meter and everyone goes, great. You know, so I really learned like the value of having a strong representative and I I feel so lucky because I never had that as an actor. And uh, Mm. so they're the ones who set up the meeting with Gossip Girl. That was my very first meeting with a showrunner. I got the job, like, wow. you know, who knew? What is a meeting with a showrunner like? (laughs) Well, I've since learned a few things because the meeting with the Gossip Girl showrunner was so easy. He is just like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just like, talk, 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 chat, chat, chat. Like, we're friends, you know? And it was easy. Um, Have you read anything of yours? Yes. Before you get a meeting with a showrunner, they have to like your work. Got Um, it. Okay. So that's the first barrier, you know? And so he had read it and he liked it. We talked briefly about my script, but not really. He asked me if I had seen the old Gossip Girl. Of course, like I was obsessed. I loved the old Gossip Girl. So it was just like, it was a match made in heaven, you know? Oh, cool. Um, And that was it. So cut to Gossip Girl ends and I'm going on my next meeting for the show Legacies, which is on the CW. It's like a spinoff of the Vampire Diaries. I loved the Vampire Diaries. Like I've watched Legacies. Wasn't my favorite of the world, but I was like, I would still be very, very happy working on the show. I love vampires. I love all that kind of stuff. And I watched a bunch of episodes in preparation, thinking like, yeah, I just have to be able to talk about it and that this is going to be the same feeling as the Mm -hmm. last meeting. It was not. (laughs) It was not at all. And so they were very, very friendly, like they, but it was a very different vibe there were two people, um, the number one and number two, which automatically I think makes an interview just like a little harder because you're like, who am I talking to? You know, um, the energy is different. Like you don't get quite the same. At least that's my experience so far. And they asked me very specific questions about the show, about my thoughts on the show, about where to take it. And I was not prepared for it because my first one had been so easy and I was like, yeah, you just like kind of talk about yourself, right? Like that's like going on a general meeting as an actor. But going on to an established show meeting was so different because they've been on the air for three years or something, you know? And so I was like, ooh, 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 I didn't get the job. And that was one of the ones that I mentioned, like one of my mentors actually picked up the phone and called and talked to his friend and the friend, so the friend was the number two. And he even said to me as I left, like Kevin called us, or Kevin texted me. He said, we'd be stupid not to hire you. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. You know, and then they didn't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so, stupid. Yeah, right. So when I had the Dynasty meeting, which is the show I'm now on. And by the way, I love this show. Like um, the people in it, I could not be happier. I've been very, very lucky. Both both of the shows that I'm in, you know, in the room for, have been in the room for, have been so wonderful. Um, I've heard horror stories of other, other writers and rooms that aren't as friendly. I've been so lucky. So anyways, I had a meeting with the showrunner over Zoom because now, you know, we're in pandemic times. And, and oh, the Legacies one was also the last day before quarantine started. Oh. So everyone was like kind of weird and like off, you know, yes. it was strange. And it was raining, I remember, and like, you know, when it rains in LA, everyone's like, ugh. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so for Dynasty, I met with the showrunner over Zoom, and I had prepared the shit out of this. Like, I 
I learned my lesson from the last time of being unprepared. I watched all the episodes, but I took notes because Bashir told me he took notes for a show that he interviewed for. And I was like, oh, you take notes? Like, I didn't do that. Like, I was just like, don't you just kind of watch and remember? No, I took notes. I wrote down themes. I wrote down future episodes, other characters, like everything that I could think of that like might happen in the room. I wanted to be prepared. And so we had a meeting though, that was like very much like, just who are you? And talk, talk, you know, it was back to the beginning of, of just like an easy meeting. But, but, I was, prepared. but I was prepared. So I like slipped in some things, even though he didn't ask me, I was like, mm. you know, I wonder in season four, like if you were thinking about blah, 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 because I was thinking about blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, you know our show. Like you, yeah. you know, like I could just tell that he was like, you actually know our show. And then I got the offer, you know? Holy amazingness. So what happens in a writer's room? And congratulations to both of you, by the way. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, great, let's keep going. Let's keep going. But congratulations <laughs> to you both. You guys are so amazing. Um, uh, what happens in the writer's room? Everything. Okay, great. So, okay, great. Let's for, move on to the next our show, uh, I think we spent the first two hours talking about current events. And, oh wow! And and what everybody had been up to, um, and then you just start to 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 break down the show. Uh, we had uh, a structure from the pilot episode because ours was not established. We had structure from the pilot episode, and then uh, the showrunner had ideas where he wanted the middle season, the middle episode to be like, and and the final episode to be like. Oh. And by the end of that first day, everybody had kind of shut that down and we had to create everything. So we took the main characters, created themes for every episode and what we wanted to get across um, and the messages. And then we broke down the characters, we broke down uh, their plots, their subplots, and then we just took it you know, episode by episode and built this massive wall uh, of a world. Uh, and that's how, we built, that's how we built our show. Wow, how long did that take to create that massive wall? Honestly, we have been called like the mutant um, show because we- That's exactly where you should be then. Exactly, so we created everything in six weeks, which normally takes everybody, I don't know, a couple months. Um, but I think everybody was just so cool and, and just, and we just had so much fun. It actually came really, really uh, quickly and easily. But I mean, it's, it's, it's this crazy magical process that, I mean, maybe Elaine can explain it better than I can, but it was, it's just, I, I don't know, Elaine, you, you, it's just so much. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, you, if you're actually in the room, I mean, right now we're on Zoom, but you, you sit around the table and the showrunner, the showrunner is the person in charge, but sometimes they have other things to do. So, you know, cause they're doing everything for the show. So sometimes the number two will be kind of like the lieutenant, you know, and say, this is what oh. we're going to talk about today. You know, like here's, at the beginning, like what Bashir was saying that you, um, you're creating the world, you're creating the characters, you're thinking of like, well, what's their season arc? You know, mm -hmm. you're thinking, they call it blue skying where like, it's like the big blue sky, like all the, all the big things. 
once that is in place, then you'll go episode by episode and really break down like, okay, this is what happens in act one. This is what happens in act two, yada, yada, you know, but it is kind of this amazing process where it's just, it's literally just a conversation between people mm -hmm. of just like, well, what do you think should happen? Well, what if this? Oh, I like that. But how about this? You know, it's a very like improv based yes and. You know, you try not to go, that's a stupid idea, like, especially if you're a lower level writer, like, don't do that. Um, but you can go, oh, that made me think of blah, you know? Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really just mostly a conversation. And as a lower level writer, like, you don't, you don't get any final say, but you can say what you think should happen and sometimes that gets taken and it feels great you know that someone's like oh you know Elaine pitch blah 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 and not, we we like that part you know like oh, it's so such cool. a great feeling to be like oh my god I am legitimately making television right now it's so I weird actually got to, I actually got to create characters did you get to create any characters in your in your um but, well for Gossip Girl um the showrunner really already had the characters created it but i did um get to create like more to her you know so like what kind of music does she like like what kind of movies like what is she you know stuff that like fills out a character yeah. um and then on dynasty of course it's already an established show but i mean i guess i created like a like a waiter <laughs> you know like other characters that have have to be there that aren't the main ones you know <laughs> oh, no, they actually pay you when you create new characters too did you know that some do so oh, we actually yeah. just had this conversation in dynasty because someone was like "Ooh, like pay bump for creating a character and i was like wait what you get paid <laughs> but not all it depends on the studio or network yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. And that's why sometimes when you get like uh, an unnamed co-star, let's say you are waiter um, and your agent is like, we need a name for that. And they'll be like, we actually cannot because of a pay bump or something along those lines. Haters. Um, okay. So um, I'm feeling incredibly inspired. What would you guys say? I, I, this question is kind of twofold. What would you guys say to anyone who's feeling inspired, like actionable steps? And I want to ask that again, acknowledging that we are not in a vacuum. This is a very kind of um, fraught and emotional time for so very many reasons. Um, and a lot of times it feels uh, like I have so much emotion. I can't quite do anything actionable. Do you guys have any, any thoughts in general? And then for our current situation? on how to get started as a writer? Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I think it, it starts off with a, ch with a choice. Do you want to be a writer? Like, do you really, really, really want to be a writer? Because if you don't want to be a writer, don't, don't waste your time. Because it, I mean, it's a lot harder being a writer than it is being an actor. And I hate to say it like that, but- Disagree, but I'll let you finish, but disagree. <laughs> you, you do? Look, as, as a writer, it takes, like, people have to want to read your work. As an actor, you know, people just click a button and there's your face for, you know, 60 seconds. But you go ahead, you, you disagree. But I think it starts with a choice. Do you want to write? If you do want to write, then you have to dedicate time and you have to sacrifice. For me, what I would do is I would pick a, a particular genre that you prefer, whether it's drama or comedy, uh, and just read as many scripts from whatever genre that you love um analyze shows there were stuff where i would print out the script and then i would watch the show and i would see how the writer would 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 write the the script and then how it would turn out on the tv and i learned i learned a lot from that um 
And then you just choose an idea, something that you would want to write. Send a log line to your top three or four friends. Um, if they like it, then you start off with a uh, synopsis, break down the entire show from start to finish, um, you know, characters, uh, locations, themes, um, what the pilot episode is going to look like. Then you break down the outline and make sure the outline is very specific and very detailed. And then you write the script and then you send it to your friends, see if it's any good. And then you throw it away. Then you do it again and again and again and again and again and again. But you set very, very hardcore deadlines. Like for me, if I'm going to write a script, I'm going to create um, the idea, the log line, the synopsis, the outline, and the entire script in a month or less. And that's the kind of deadline that I put on myself because otherwise, you know, a writer typically will take six months to finish something and you can't have that, or at least I can't have that. So I think writing like that, you know, made me a, a decent writer. So <laughs> that's what I would do. Well, Gersh certainly thinks so. Well, thank you. Uh, okay, Elaine, disagree. Disagree. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, what'd you say, Bash? I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> well, I think I started this talk saying that, like, I do about 50% of what Bashir does. So if it feels overwhelming, just do 50% of what he says, and it's still okay. You know, <laughs> like, um, because this is the thing, though. I'm so glad to have him in my life to always push me to do better and to do harder. But sometimes I'm like, I just can't. I just, I'm too tired. I'm too crazy, like, whatever it is. So, but the thing is that I do do something because I know that he's going to lap me again, you know? So I'm like, no, no, I got to do something to keep moving. But anyway, I disagree. I think being a writer is much easier than being an actor, I have to say, um, because nobody can tell me when I can write or not write. Whereas with acting, like, unless I want to do monologues all freaking day long, you know, like, I need someone else to act with. I need someone else to watch it. I need blah, blah, to get an audition, blah, blah. You know, like, with writing, you can just write. And so that's what I like more about it. I felt so much more in control for the first time in my life in the entertainment field. I was like, oh, I have a, like, a little tiny bit of control. Maybe not about getting my writing out there, but about doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where I disagree. But in terms of advice, um, one thing that really changed my life was, and I, and I put this out there before, so forgive me if anyone else has seen this, but um, I started to aim for 100 rejections a year. I read this article from a writer. She wasn't a screenwriter. She, I think she was a novelist, and she wrote for magazines and stuff like that. And she was like, I used to aim to get things, right? And then if I don't get it, I'm upset. And so she started to aim for rejections and be like, great, got another rejection. Thank you. So if you aim for a hundred rejections a year, first of all, you're putting yourself out there much more than you ever would have. If you were just like, Oh, I just really want to win this one thing. Like that doesn't help, you know? Um, so if you aim for a hundred rejections a year, you will at some point like actually get a win, you know, and that feels good. But at the same time, the rejections don't feel as bad. I've told other people like as an actor, I feel like I've, I no longer feel rejection anymore. <laughs> like I don't have feelings because I've been rejected so many times as an actor for so many things that are out of my control. Like you're too Asian. You're not Asian enough. Like you're too tall. You're too short. You're too skinny. You're too this, you're too that whatever we just don't like you <laughs> you know like i've had people say like you're too smart i'm like how do you what like i mean thank you but also what like I, you know so um 
I don't have feelings about it anymore. And, and that helped me like, but I realized even though I didn't have feelings about rejection that much, I still was only going for certain things. Like I only want these big shiny prizes and like the big shiny prizes, like really don't do that much. Actually, it's the process of getting those prizes. And so even less shiny prizes, trying, trying, trying to get those rejections helps you get better because you go, well, okay, what can I do differently? Like, what else can I do? How can I fix this? You know, and those prizes don't have to necessarily be like writing contests or, or the diversity programs or blah, blah, whatever. It can be like sending your script to a mentor who you now have an established relationship with and getting notes. And, and that mentor goes like, I don't think you're ready. Like my, like the one that we share, you know, like he was like, I just don't think you're ready. Try again. Like, great. There's a rejection, but it also builds onto something I can do. And so I think like the, the hardest part and for any creative, whether you're a writer or an actor or anything is just to like have inaction from fear. Like who cares if people don't like you, your work, your look, whatever, like it doesn't matter, you know, because someone will, first of all, um, because this is so, such a subjective business and like that person will never get to see you or your work or your look if you just hide. You know, what, what we started at the beginning about, like, a secret can't be a success. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, you guys are amazing. Um, I want to open it for a couple questions if people have one. I know Susan had typed in the chat a um, uh, question about selling short films. Um, what's an average price to sell a short? You're never going to sell a short film. <laughs> Done. <laughs> if you do, congratulations. But nobody buys short films because, honestly, when's the last time you paid for a short film? Like, that's the question, right? Like, I've never, I've never had a friend be like, I have a short film, will you pay $5 for it? I'm like, no. <laughs> go, go for selling the TV show, Susan. That's, that's, that's where you make the real money. Oh, she says she was going to buy one. Well, you, can, you, can, you can talk, Susan. Buy one to produce it? I, I just wanted to do a short, and I was going to buy one, and I didn't know what to offer. I get it because you're not a writer. You want someone else's short film in order to make it for yourself. And, exactly. I, and I want to write, but it, it's, it's so hard to narrow my brain down to one little one genre, you know, one, uh, the, the characters and, the, uh, you know, I have all these ideas in my head, but uh, so then I went on to ink, whatever it's called. And I found a little short that I thought was really funny. And I, I thought, well, I could produce that. I could, I could, you know, get everybody together to make that. Gotcha. I, didn't, I didn't know what to offer. I would say or, then or for that. I, maybe I shouldn't offer. <laughs> you, might, you might be able to get it for free. Or I would say like 200 to 500 is probably a fair amount of money. And I wouldn't spend more than that um, for a short film. Um, I thought the question was like selling a completed product, which you'll never do. But if you want to buy it for, you know, in order to own the rights and make it, then I wouldn't spend more than $500. And that's like, and it, a lot. it was a short that was really short, like, like probably 10 pages, but there were five, six episodes. And I, I was thinking, well, I could do this little short for a contest that we always have and, uh, see how it goes and maybe buy the other ones if it goes well. And, and um, I was only gonna, I, I thought 50 or $100 and, and, and credit. You never know because the short, short films are like the wild west, you know, like 
anyone could write them. Someone might be more experienced, someone might not, you know, so, so make an offer. I'm sure, yeah, try, try your low offer first and see what happens. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Benita. Hi, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Okay, so my question is, first of all, congratulations to you both because I'm in that space where I have a lot of uh, TV writer friends, so I'm kind of like, do I want to venture over into the writing side? So I've been writing more. Um, and my question to you, Elaine, so I've written, produced, started, and I did a web series as well. So now it's in the can and it's in post-production. But now I'm like, well, what do I do with it? Do I put it on YouTube? Like, what did you do? We, um, we did choose to release on YouTube um, because we wanted people to see it, you know, and um, it didn't feel like we were going to be able to sell it. Because okay. my producer was fairly well connected and we had a hard time. Nobody is buying completed short form content. Um, so everyone's like, yeah you should go to Quibi. And I'm like, okay, great. Do you know Jeffrey Katzenberg? Like, sure. You know, but first <laughs> right. of all, Quibi is spending millions of dollars on their productions that they make. They're not buying short form content. And I met with Lauren Michaels, uh, you know, SNL short form side of things. And they were like, we're leaving that business because it's not profitable to them. So it is very, very hard to sell a web series that's already made you have a better shot of selling the, sh the, the script. Well, I have written the half hour version for it. So, so this yeah. is what you do. What you, you want to do is get, your, get eyeballs on it and for as many people as possible so that someone goes, this is such a great idea. There should be a half hour version, you know, or you use it as a calling card that if you are able to get your, your meetings, you know, that like you go, look, this is a proof of concept. Um, but you, this, the web series itself is probably not going to get you anything. Like I said, you know, okay. um, that time has passed. Can it still happen? Maybe, but for the most part, it's not happening anymore. But what you can do is get it. What we did is we targeted specific film festivals that are for web series, like narrative content that is episodic, things like that, that have some, like Series Fest is one of them, Catalyst content, it, it used to be called ITV Fest, which was the big independent television festival. Um, that one, we won, and I think had I not already started having success, like on Gossip Girl, I think something could have happened from that, you know? So, um, sorry, what was the one that you said before Series Fest, or the last one? It's called Catalyst Content. Oh, um, it used to be called ITV Fest. Okay. And so we targeted specific things like that. Um, we did Rain Dance. Uh, because Raindance is one of the, you know, if you like look up the list of like best web series festivals, like, you know, um, and so I, cause I used to submit widely, but you know, submitting costs money. And so I was like, I don't care about wide. I care about specific. And so, um, it will get you some notice if you win those, those types of festivals, but it will not help you sell the series itself, like the web series. But you do have all that experience of creating the damn thing under your belt. Like Elaine said before, Docs didn't get her to the next uh, step, but mm -hmm. it like fed her ability to do the next step. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. 
Um, good luck with that, Benita. Um, Hope, do you want to ask your question? Um, sure, yeah. I was just curious, like, when you first started writing out stuff, like, did you write specs for shows you liked, or did you just focus on your own material first? Like, how did that happen? For me, I started specking shows first because I wanted to know if I could even do it. So uh, I chose a show that I was familiar with, uh, New Girl, and um, and then I wrote it and I figured, oh, okay, I can I can actually do this. And then I just wrote originals from there. Every year, I would spec a show <clears throat> for a writing program, but that really it never really got anywhere. So um, I would do both until you reach a point where you don't have to anymore. And I was frightened to spec a show because I was like how do you write a show that's already on like how do you come up with an idea that they haven't done like I don't know so it freaked <laughs> me out so I only did my own stuff at the beginning but really it was once I started to feel I was ready to apply to the writing programs most of them ask for a spec in addition to an original and so my consultant who I mentioned like she was like you gotta just do it like get over it and then when I did it it was so much easier than writing your own so thing. much easier because the world is already built the characters are already built the voice is already established and I was like what have I been so afraid of <laughs> damn if that ain't the truth yeah. um amazing does anyone else have questions you can sort of unmute yourself okay cool um um Wow, I feel my heart is so full at the moment. Um, one thing that, oh, go ahead, Susan. Yeah, please. I'll save my spiel for later, yeah. Um, when you're starting out and you're trying to figure out, you know, maybe a comedy show, you know, a half hour comedy show, and, and how, do you, how do you come up with just the, the log line? I, 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 like, if somebody, if somebody would just tell me the log line and the characters, then I could write, you know? So I like a spec show, I could do that probably, but writing, just starting out, that's the hardest part for me. Is that ever hard for you guys? It's always hard. You just have to do it. Okay. <laughs> There's also like, you can Google how to write a log line. I'm serious. It's out there and just like follow a formula. And there's a few different like formulas out there, but they all accomplish the same thing. So at least like that can give you a little guidance as to what it should look like. Every new show that I write, um, I, I watch shows that are similar and I study those log lines. Mm. And then I create my log line based on how those other log lines are created. You guys need to teach a class. I know, I swear. <laughs> um, uh, Bashir and Elaine, I am so grateful. Like I was saying, my heart is so full and it's amazing. Um, uh, it's amazing because I know you two as my friends and my, like my, my, my peers, um, this, I could not have chosen two better people. You guys are so full of information and so, um, uh, able to make it comprehensible for, for us. Um, especially during this, um, you know, crazy time when, uh, it means the world. Um, and what everyone doesn't know, in, well, what is not widely known in this group is that Elaine and Bash are amazing actors. 
They're freaking amazing actors. Um, uh, I will not stop it. Um, they're amazing actors. Um, uh, and I have to sort of acknowledge that before it's over. Um, I have the list of, of all the recommendations that um, Bash and Elaine gave. Um, uh, if you guys need that, you can reach back out to Studios at gmail.com. Um, and um, we're, doing these, we're doing these events twice a week. Um, for the time being during quarantine to keep our community together. Um, this Monday, we have one of my former students, Gentry White, um, who is unbelievable. Uh, we're gonna do an Instagram Live. And then next Friday, a week from yesterday, we're having Buckley Sampson, who's an image consultant for actors. She does wardrobe styling for headshots, for press events. Um, and as self-tapes are going to be um, the new norm for a minute, having that sort of look going on is important. So join us for that. Um, that'll be on Zoom. Email Kristen, stankerstudios at gmail.com. Um, uh, and, and also Adam Faison is here in this group. Um, he and I did a, an Instagram Live last Monday, which was just actually this week. Time is a weird thing. Um, uh, his his uh, series, Everything's Gonna Be Okay, just got picked up for a second season. And it's on our Instagram uh, page if you guys want to check that out. <laughs> hey, Adam. Um, uh, Elaine and Bashir, thank you so freaking much. Um, I know you guys have a call with each other in seven minutes, and I don't want to keep you from that. I appreciate it. Our community appreciates it. And I'm so, so glad to know you guys. Thank, thank you. you. This is wonderful. You guys thank are the best. You. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. So nice to meet you, Susan. Yes, nice to meet you. <clears throat>